What is going on, everybody? Dr. Chris Featherstone here for another episode of the Legion of Raw. I am here with former WCW World Heavyweight Champion Vince Russo in a very studious EC3 uh, joining us for, for, for the first time live. Of course, we have a weekly show together, the Wrestling Outlaws, but the, the Wrestling Outlaws are live today for the Raw edition. How are you? EC3. I mean, I'm great. When I when I got with Dr. Chris Featherstone about my insane schedule this week, trying to get a little content going, he uh, told me about the show, the live show, and mentioned, yeah, you just have to watch Raw. Yes. Yeah. So I, you know, I caught the last hour, you know. But I, like I said, I got my Napoleon book in, so I've been kind of dabbling in that 9,000 pages. So, but uh, yeah, Raw, that was that was a show I saw recently, yes. about yes. five months ago. So, yeah, it was the first time I've watched Raw in um, six years, and I was on Raw. So, it huh. was a show, yeah. Wow. First time in six years. Dedication to the content creation. I, I remember back in the day, like the first run of NXT, were like it was disrespectful to leave TV until it was done, especially as a rookie. You know, like you're trying to make a name for yourself, you want to see why you're in the main event, things like that. Then when we went back on this on the pre-pandemic run, how many people just just left, and it's like nobody cared about what was going on because yeah. it's. It was so long, but you know, morale's high. I'm feeling really good. You know, I have an NWA World's Heavyweight Championship match coming up with Tyrus at NWA 75. Yes. Give us the dates once again. That is a, a two-day event, the 26th and the 27th of August. I believe this title match will be on the 27th of Sunday, capping it off. And as I've said, this will be the greatest match in the history of the NWA. Wow. Yeah. I'm including all, I'm talking the old wow. NWA. Like, so I'm telling Flair to get out of my way. I'm telling Steamboat to eat one. Mm. You know, I'm telling Ronnie Garvin he can go suck grass. I don't even know if that's a saying people would say. But, yeah, I'm going to have the greatest match in NWA history when I catch oh. the world title. So Very nice. Very yeah, nice. Cool. Well, uh, we got some uh, comments as far as uh, Super Chats. I know, I know, guys. I was told today that uh, um, it should be in a couple of weeks. Um uh, again, no control of mine, <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't withhold you from paying money <laughs> for that. So that's you know what, but like because I'm a special guest today. There's no super chats. That's a dog barking, Matt. You just you bring the super comments, and I'll tell you everything you want to know. Mm. Wow. All the dirt. Wow, all the dirt. All right, Vince Russo, how are you, my man? I'm all right, doctor. How are you, man? I saw some pictures of you over the uh, weekend. Yes, yes, indeed, man. I uh, I am tired as crap, man. I had about a uh, I I did media for SummerSlam this past weekend and was a part of the junkets and the press conferences and the post press conference and uh, the end show at the press box and then all that fun stuff. Uh, it is definitely something I was talking. I was hanging out. I was roommating the whole weekend with Bill Apter, ladies and gentlemen. You and, shared a uh, room with Bill Apter? I did the entire you weekend. Alive. Yes, yes. For four, for three nights and four days, I uh, shared heaven, heaven, bro, pure heaven. Oh, you be in a, like, did your wife trust you being in a room with someone so handsome? Like, Bill Apter? 
You know, you know, I had to. Uh, I, I video chatted her during. Well, she 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 called. She video called me uh, mm-hmm. during the pre-show. Well, during the pre-show of SummerSlam, and uh, Bill Apter and I were hanging out. Um, it was a bunch of press, of course, and Bill Apter and I were next to each other, and I uh, showed her Bill Apter. Oh my god! Um, and, and 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 so Bill Apter met my wife, and uh, she was a little jelly because I was a little smitten by him. But, yeah. uh, but mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> you can get lost in Bill Apter's eyes. Yes, indeed, yeah. I, I did a couple of times. So, yeah, uh, it was it was fantastic, man. All right, so uh, it was great. It was great. It was fun. It, uh, it's definitely something that I would do probably a couple of times a year's tops because I have about a fifty-five hour work week on top of uh, fifteen hours a day that I've worked roughly on Friday and Saturday doing media stuff for WWE. You know, on behalf of Sportskeeda. Uh, so that is definitely something that uh, one or two times a year tops. So definitely not. Uh, Definitely not all the time like a lot of these people do. We're all running on fumes right now. Let's just deliver the goods. Uh, speaking yeah. of the goods, August 12th, Cleveland, Ohio, Exodus Pro Wrestling makes its debut. So, uh, you know, the right. built on the back of uh, the people I'm training now. So Exodus Pro Wrestling in Cleveland, Ohio. We'll talk about that a little bit. Because we're at, we're at. Temple Live in downtown Cleveland. So, any any socials to connect with? It? Yeah, at Exo Pro Wrestling on the uh, the handles there. At Control Your Narrative, we'll give you the information. At the Real EC3, we'll do the same. Tickets available at exoprowrestling.com, nice. I think. Let me look. Very nice. As you yes. look, Exo Pro Wrestling. Exo Pro Wrestling. All right, Vince Russo, what did you think of Raw, my man? You know, Chris, before we get into that, I have to ask you a question, man. Yes, indeed. So you were at the post-SummerSlam medium scrum, didn't you? I was. I was there. Okay, now, I happened to catch some of it, mm-hmm. okay? Bro, here's the part that blows my mind. Paul Heyman's comments. <laughs> He said it the scrum, what separates the bloodline from everything else is they talk, bro. They have discussions. They don't cut the wrestling promos. Oh, I'm going to kick your butt, this, that, and the other thing. Bro, this is what really confuses me because you're working for that company, bro. And why why would you just change one storyline where people talk, but all the rest of the programming is exactly what you said is freaking horrible? Yeah, I, I mean, Chris, you, d- did he not say that you were at the? Pro- That's exactly what he said. And here I am watching a show that is doing. Everything that he says is wrong with the wrestling business. Then why are you doing it, bro? Heyman has been with that company for freaking decades. You mean to tell me, bro, you only have influence of changing only one storyline and not everything else? No, I'm really confused, bro. He's involved with the storyline, so they're kind of like probably – not following him, but like he, you know, he's a vision with guidance and he's telling them they realize it works. 
pro wrestlers have a terrible, terrible habit of just conforming to what they think they should do. So I think anybody could and should get away with having real conversations as far as the promos. Granted, I don't know what horse they get written in the white paper thrown at them where they, whatever those words say, you can have them as a conversation or you can have them as a wrestling promo. So that's to the talent. Paul, yeah. I guarantee Paul gives that advice to anybody that asks, but I guarantee a lot of people don't even ask because they already think they know everything. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get a chance to ask a question. I had a few questions to ask actually. And, uh, you know, there's some insider stuff as far as how who they choose and how they choose them. That I'll pro- I might sh- share on my Patreon. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, but Bill After got to ask two questions, though. Uh, but there was a bunch of media people there. I really had a couple of questions to ask, but uh, you know, God is uh, he has he he has a way of uh, <laughs> knowing uh, how to think for me when I'm not thinking the best. And uh, I was going to ask. Uh, uh, Cody Rhodes, uh, hey Dr. Chris Featherstone from Sports Kid Wrestling. What are your thoughts on Vince Russo? So, and, and uh, that would have been a really fun answer, but uh, it probably would have been the last time I would have been to the scrum. So I was yeah. good that I didn't ask <laughs> that question. I gotta tell you, man, the thing about this show and EC3, if you watch this for the first time in a long time, I, I gotta tell you, bro, I'm watching this show and I am just asking myself, bro. Bro, what happened to the families and the kids? That's what it's all about, guys. They got bro, gone, like gone, like non-existent. Like in the audience, you're talking. Yes, the crowd. That's all. Gone, bro. All I want to draw are families and kids. It's more about it's more about frat boys singing. Don't get it, bro. Song and Nakamura song. Bro, they're they're not frat boys, bro. The 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 people in that crowd are not frat boys i was in a frat never once and i was a pro wrestler and never once did we go to the pro wrestling yeah shows. they're not they're I not a lot of, i know a lot of college frat boys that uh attend pro wrestling just just because it's local and they don't and they have nothing to do on a monday night and they just want to just go there and be like oh no let's see what are you guys saying yeah okay cool we'll say yeah like they don't know they don't really know their product it's just something to do for a collection of people to do uh, all at once so it just seems as if the the woman the, the mothers and kids are replaced for just this kind of cultish you know misfit you know uh, type of community you know what I mean that feels so right and so included you know by singing Seth's song it's unreal so bro it's that's, un- that's, that's it's what it's un- been returned that's what that's what it's all about now people getting themselves over so it's unreal man the whole the whole atmosphere and the whole environment man unreal indeed so, indeed <laughs> unwatchable then. yeah uh here we go let's uh start with I'm reading a book on napoleon instead of watching wrestling and i'm a high level professional wrestler what indeed. does that tell you about the product guys uh, it says a lot man Napoleon's uh, awesome. you're right Speaking of speaking of product, let's get to the first match. Um, so Vince, Are you want to talk about? Hey, come on! It's so funny, bro. Like I swear, bro, you're literally like the minute Seth comes out, you know because yes. you are so programmed. Okay, bro, they're not wrestling each other. 
Okay, bro. You, you, you know, immediately, bro, this is a six man schmoz. That doesn't mean that you literally, bro, five minutes into this show, you knew what the main event was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's going to be the six man. Uh, Did you, did you watch the segment? No. All right, next we got uh, Finn Balor does a sneak attack. Years, man, I tried. I was actually during that time I was watching uh, cutting promos for the Exodus show, and like the same thing Vince was talking about too is what I'm trying to drag out of people is have the conversation. Like the guys like struggling over this promo about you know whatever. Like oh, I'm not feeling it, man. Like I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I'm like, stop cutting a wrestling promo and just right. talk about it. Yeah. And like, it, it just wouldn't click. And the guy's it's my my one of my best buds, and he just still he couldn't get past the fact that like they can't get away from just have a conversation. And then I gave him some talking points, like you. This is how you really feel about what you're doing with this and this. Talk about that. It's like oh, I can't say that. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, then go jump off the top rope. Okay. Yeah, Vince. When is this uh, Cody? come out and cut a uh, uh, 18 minute promo thing 18 minutes no I'm, I'm a tax rating but it, he just comes out every single week and says whatever whatever city and then his 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 gimmick his his phrase so to speak is what do you want to talk about and i've said this for weeks what does that mean you know what i mean it's like and again you know i want to represent sports keto well but at the same time, at that sc- at that presser at that press conference, man, I wanted to ask him that question: like, what what does that mean? What, I think, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> I think you got to take the risk and just ask the tough questions so somebody can be accountable for wasting three hours of people's lives every month. <laughs> yeah, trust me, I, I accept. I, I interviewed a lot of people. I'm uh, in there. I'm the heater. I'm going to be the. Yeah. force this energy that's required in wrestling to like at least turn it up, man. Just yeah. Oh like, yeah, I'm with you. Talking about what's important, like your like your social media wrestlers are horrible. There's text groups that make fun of you. Your self-imposed narcissism is obnoxious. Your unoriginality is uninspired. We just got to call it to the surface. And if I had to be that guy, I'm going to be that guy. Indeed. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That. 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 The 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 phrase is just super weird to me, and I, I really don't I, I I don't understand I don't understand why he says it every week. And I went to ask him, but uh, you know you know I, I don't want to talk about. I, I don't I don't get the, I don't get the phrase, man. Who gets box office? What was number one? Barbie. It, it's it's never that phrase is ne- never really goes over well, and so like now. It's like the fans cheer after he says that, just because they're kind of like programmed. Oh, yeah, they, they are. They are so programmed, bro, yeah. for every response throughout this yes. entire show. That, you think that's a Cody original, or do you think that was uh, came from one of the '84 writers? That I heard that I heard that he was doing it in AEW, like, but I never noticed. I never that's noticed. Funny. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's. Uh, so, what happened? Finn Balor sneak attacks. Just let's have a conversation. Uh, okay, so uh, Moin, let's chat. I'm sorry, I'll let you go. Finn Balor sneak attacks. Then we get Judgment Day cutting, uh, outnumbering, uh, and then Sami Zayn makes the save. Uh, next, we get a uh, 
uh, an earlier today segment of Adam Pierce uh, giving four people who haven't really done very well lately somehow a number one contender uh, opportunity to be Intercontinental Champion. So the criteria to be the number one contender of the Intercontinental Champion have a is, heartbeat. Is, be on a, is, is be on a losing streak and a downward spiral in your career. That'll do. And this was such a horrible pre-tape, bro. This, this, this wasn't even 101. Like, yeah. you know, 101 is the first course you take in college. This is like the first course you take in kindergarten. Yeah. Like, this, this, was, this was awful, bro. Just god-awful, man. It was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so, Chad Gable ended up winning, beating Tommaso Ciampa, uh, Ricochet, and Matt Riddle. I thought it was a good match. It was a good, uh, you know, good, good moments, you know, for, for Gable winning and, you know, bring the sun out. So, you know, sappy, sappy, uh, finish there. So, hey, you know, maybe that Lisa was a kid at the building. So yes, cool. indeed. Yes, indeed. It was his kid too. Yeah. So, and they were at home. Uh, anything on this segment, Vince? Uh, I, bro, I'm not going to watch this match. Well, what, bro, look, look at the four people you got in there. Who, who do I care wins this match? I, I could care less who wins this. You match. can care if they just put some thought into each. Jeez, man. Some semblance of, I don't know, reasoning for doing things and winning matches. Like, why are you rewarded with a Chris? Match yeah, what, what, what did we say last week? What did we say last week when Ricochet and Logan Paul were over? What did we say? What did we say? What's next for Ricochet? I don't see nothing. I don't see anything after after the match. Absolutely. We said, bro, he is not his stock is not gonna rise. He's not gonna go to the next level. And what is he booked in immediately, bro? A four-way where he doesn't go over. It we is. we that that's exactly so. What was the point of the whole Logan Paul thing? Vince, that's why I said for weeks, that's the reason why Logan Paul is going to win the match. You're like, nope, I see Ricochet going over. No I, said, I said, nope, Logan Paul's going to win because Logan Paul, that like this was just going to be some type of good opener, some acrobatic match because Ricochet beating Logan Paul is such a huge, you know, uh, uh, mark, a huge L for Logan, who main evented, you know, a Saudi show against Roman Reigns, has some good marquee Matt WrestleMania spots. Like I said before, He's like, okay, I'm I'm putting a lot of reps and, and giving people a lot of dubs. Okay, let me get one now. And so that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. Logan Paul got his win. There's nothing going to be after that match. And Ricochet, like I said before, goes back into the good Bro, little hand club with the virus. Chris, you know, how, you, know, you know how you do things? Let me tell you how you do things. Bro, the, the, listen, I put out a tweet on Saturday night, Chris. And I said, before you call me a hater and everything else, I'm going to put over 59,000 people. I'm going to put over, they got sponsorships out the yin yang. I'm going to put over a, a, a great main event that told a great story. But the bottom line is, bro, I, I am a TV critic. And the show on Monday nights is not a good television show. Hmm. Period. That, that's what we're here talking about. Chris, yeah. here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing. The match ended because Logan Paul used brass knucks. Okay, I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing. So we have the little we have the little back and forth with Pierce and Ricochet in the back, and oh, Pierce, oh, the referee's decision goes. Oh, I'm okay, okay, okay. 
Okay. I would have had Ricochet call out Pierce with and have the brass knuckles and say, listen, bro, the world saw it. That is unacceptable. What are you going to do about it, Pierce? What are you going to do? Have Pierce deliver the same line. Have Ricochet say, yeah, okay, bro, no problem. Put on the brass knuckles and knock out Adam Pierce. Oh, and then they stretch him out. He's all knocked out. And then- that, that's what I'm doing, bro. What did you do for Ricochet? Zero. Nothing. Like, was the point of Logan Paul and Ricochet just to have a nice little highlight reel for the, you know, the occasional yep. sports center yep. clip and all of that? And then, yes. yeah. Here's the thing about anybody aspiring wrestlers to wins and losses. You, you can get over more on a loss than you can with a win as long as you have a plan and some foresight going into it on what it meant and how you felt about the loss. Granted, some of these guys, you know, the writing there is very structured, rigid, rigid and terrible that maybe you can't do it on television. But what's stopping you if you really care about developing yourself as a character and having people naturally get behind you from doing it yourself? You got the devices now. You can do it that easy so i don't have a ton of sympathy f- for people anymore that oh creative has nothing for me you can create your own at this point if you really want to so losing to logan paul on a huge thing they have no plans for you make them have a plan back it up with something don't fall into the complacency trap of well you know i did good and i got a good payday and this is where i'm going to be at if you want to be higher up on the card you have that opportunity it's in the pocket it's in your palm of your hand every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, interviewing a bunch of those wrestlers during the press junket, I can just tell that um, just so many of them are just like just conditioned to obey the rules of the WWE. And they and they the money that that they the money that they get from the WWE is is just once in a lifetime, you know, to many people, you know. And so that causes so many people to just yes, sir, no, sir. You know, it's interesting, man. I, 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 I'm really big about I really don't plug a lot of stuff that that doesn't plug us. But, man, I I love uh, Maven has a a YouTube channel now uh, and I love it. He's only had like three videos, but like he he's like breaking the fourth wall uh, in his in in, in his channel. And he talks about. there's a list of people and he talks about if he were, if they, he liked them or didn't like them. There's another video that talks about how much he got paid. Like he was legit, like telling like how much he got paid. And there, and there was a third video. I watched it, but I forgot what it was, but he said that um, you just have to not be injured and you have to like go to the shows and stuff like that. The biggest, he, the biggest year he made, uh, he said it was $430,000. And the worst year that he made when he was injured and wasn't in a lot of storylines was 75,000. Yeah, and, and so basically he talked about like with the 430 though, you got to take half of it because of taxes. You got to, you know, have some rainy day funds. You pay for everything. Like all that has to still be a, a part of just all the money that, that he gets. And so, but, Arn Anderson says something really good too on one of his shows years ago. He was like, "Man, with the with the resume that I have, I'm not going to work anywhere else." And so that's what that's the mentality of so many of these wrestlers that I'm a 
I barely made it through high school. And as we saw with Abdullah's dark side, he only made it to the second grade, you know what I mean? And still making a bunch of money. So a lot of these wrestlers, they don't really see a career post wrestling. So they're willing to yes or no, sir, just to keep that money rolling for their family. You're hundred percent right too. And then I was actually talking with Vince about it earlier today, talking about hard work and things like that. One of my regrets, why I work so hard on so many things at once and drive myself into psychosis is I feel like I wasted time when I was being paid, but like there wasn't a ton to do. So you're yeah. correct. Like that's once in a lifetime money and the yes, sir, no, sir, keep it coming in as long as possible is the crux of the business. But at the same time, Nothing is stopping you now from being online in a creator's economy, short of the company actually stopping them, which they've done a few times, but like developing something. So, yeah, you might barely have a high school education. At this point, college doesn't even matter. Having a skill or trade or some sort of developed asset and brand that you can create, you have other options, too, that, of course, probably don't pay as well and take a lot of work, but... It's a really interesting thing. Vince, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, bro. It's a it's a different time. And bro, listen, Mandy Rose and um um uh what's her name at uh uh Paige, bro. It has been proven time and time and time again that after you get that exposure, if you can't make a good living today uh with the way social media is set up you know bro but when you talk about the days of uh, abdullah and people like that yeah bro no there was no other way to make a living mm-hmm. bro you have so many opportunities today you know once you've been on that stage and you've made a name for yourself and 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 people have proven that yeah yeah sure yep uh backstage we get a conflict between Cody and Seth Sammy playing mediator we also get another backstage segment with the Miz uh, going to wait. He's going to get a photo shoot, and then uh, he has to wait on L.A. night because he's a megastar and he won the Slim Jim Battle Royal. <laughs> Slim Jim. <laughs> yes, indeed. I mean, that's a you know, it's interesting because like uh, L.A. night was a part of the press conference uh, that was part of. Yeah. And uh, when a journalist asked him, you know, was it kind of foreseen that you're going to win the the battle royal since you're on slim jim commercials you know promoting slim jim and uh he he did a uh he tried to like answer his way out of that but it was still it was just tightening the rope just a little bit more of like oh yeah it was it was pretty much foreseen that he was going to win the battle royal so i mean that's that's summer and then triple h's answer to that was we needed, you know, people want to be on the on the on the show, so we did that because of that. Like super political answers, but but yeah, it was it was interesting that Ella and I did say that. Do you think that stuff like this, being on the Raw show, Vince has your feelings toward LA Knight changed as far as seeing him as a main eventer? Well, bro, I told you I don't watch SmackDown. Remember, bro? So I really wouldn't say I, I really didn't say anything about LA Knight because I didn't watch it. Bro, that his portion of the show was the best thing on this show. Mm. No, 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 no doubt about it, bro. That that in-ring promo where there was a little shooting between, you know, on both parties. You know him and Miz, bro. That was the uh, that was the best part of the entire show. It really was. 
your friends with uh, L.A. Knight, Eli Drake, uh, EC3, um, your thoughts on his meteoric rise here? Yeah, like because, again, I haven't been paying attention to current wrestling, but, you know, through social media, seeing people talking about him, I was very happy to see that, you know, his talent got recognized. The guy can talk. He looks cool. He's got personality. He's got charisma. He's got athleticism. Uh, he's good worker as opposed to wrestler and not saying he's a bad wrestler, but like there's a difference that, yeah, we are kind of cut from the same mold. So to see him break through, cause it got pretty ugly at one point, if I recall, where it seemed like they were doing nothing with him. I don't know if he had a red solo cup and was chasing the 24 seven title around bad, but like it wasn't going great, but he, he broke through and talent rises. So it's good to see. I don't get all the, uh, the attitude era stuff though. So he has a personality, and he kind of talks like The Rock a little bit. That people are saying is a knockoff. Like, yeah, he's um, and it's and that's actually what the question I was going to ask LA Knights. Um, if I had an opportunity to ask a question at the press conference, uh, you know, I was I don't think I was going to mention Kevin Nash's name, but I was going to say, you know, there's a WWE Hall of Famer that, you know, said that you are a comparison or or, or you're a knockoff of. The Rock and Stone Cold, or you're a copy of The Rock and Stone Cold. I really want to wanted to see his thoughts on that. I bet um, if it was me. I said, "I'm not a knockoff. I'm the best of them both." Hmm. Yeah. Cool? Who would you rather be, Stone Cold and The Rock? Hell yeah. And 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 again, like like I've said before, people copied people's like parts of people. I mean, like pro wrestling has been on television for sixty years now. Like there's there's copies of somebody throughout the 60 years of television that people emulate from Flair. You know there would be no Flair if there was no Buddy Rose, uh, uh, Buddy Roberts, uh, it, or Buddy Rogers. There wouldn't be no Hogan if it wasn't uh, Superstar Graham. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be. And so it's like there's so many people that has copied off of so many people because they emulate their style. I mean I've talked to uh elijah burke plenty of times and he said that you know like he emulates dusty Rhodes. you know what i mean and so uh does he still work at nwa no i don't think so oh he doesn't uh does you were you there when he was there for a while no but i was with him in impact yeah of course yeah of course you're there with him in impact yeah he was just in nwa for for a while uh i think was uh i think he was few with titus for for a second um but yeah i mean he he talked about how he emulated you know, Dusty Rhodes, and a lot of people emulate Dusty Rhodes, so that happens all the time. Look, like, create, being creative, like, listen, every word's been said, every word's been written, every note's been played, every, you know, everything has been done by somebody at this point in human history. Right. What's creative really is, is a collaboration of everything you've ever, you know, consumed, read, watched, listened to, in you and coming out in your own way so in theory nobody's original because we are all copies of copies of copies in some essence but what makes him great is he does himself the absolute best he can and if that's finding inspiration from two of the all-time great draws of the in, in the industry well damn too too bad like those are two people to probably draw from Everybody takes from everybody. Dr. Tom Pritchard's great wrestling advice, too. When you're struggling to find your identity, 
your five favorite wrestlers or five wrestlers that brought you to here. Like, why are you here? Just take something from them and make it your own. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what it's like. Ric Flair, yes, did emulator a copy versions of Buddy Rogers, but he made himself his own enough to transcend past the, 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 the copy. Like he didn't feel like a copy. Yes, he copied, but he made his own brand from it. You know what I mean? Like same thing with Hogan, same thing with Steiner, who, you know, emulated uh, Superstar Graham during his heel turn. You know, Superstar Graham was a very cocky and arrogant built guy. Scott Steiner was a very built guy, but he was more of a just bitter, mad, menacing character. You know what I mean? With the with the Billy Graham type of flair to him. So, you know, just make it make it his own. Make it your own. Yeah. Um, we get uh, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura defeating Bronson Reed. Uh, we have Shinsuke... The, the 50-50 match, Shinsuke getting this win over Bronson Reed. Vince Russo, do you think that this hurts Bronson Reed more than it helps Shinsuke Nakamura? Yeah, bro. He um, we, we talked about this last week. Bro, he did something wrong. I mean, there's there's no question about that. So, bro, <laughs> EC3 can tell you. All it takes is one person in the back to say he's not ready or he's green. That's all it takes, bro. And then at that point, not only are the brakes put on, but now we're going backwards. You can clearly see with Bronson Reed from the first time we saw him to where we are now, we've gone backwards, bro. There, for whatever reason, they're making him eat shite. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know why because I'm not there. Yeah. Well, I wonder if Vince uh, McMahon sees him like. He was released from NXT uh, before he came back and went into the uh, main roster. I wonder if, like, Vince McMahon didn't see anything in him before to release him because he was, like, North American champion around that time. Yeah, he came, uh, I believe he went up and did a dark match and then was fired the next week, which is... Yeah, so, so it seems like that's a Vince McMahon thing. And so I'm wondering if Vince McMahon sees talent you know, because he, he didn't see anything in Karrion Cross either. You know, he brought him up as like the Lord Humongous gimmick. And, you know, he was uh, going against uh, Bearcat Lee, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes, you know what? Bearcat might suck, but you can make something out of anything. And the yeah. fact that sometimes you just have to take the pile of steaming hot shite they give you and turn it around, cook it up real nice. And stick it straight up their monkey ass. I don't know. Did I just copy the rock? Oh, I'm a knockoff. No, no, you copier. You you copier. Uh, we get backstage earlier today. We get uh, Raquel Raquel Rodriguez, Candice LeRae. Your your girl Candice LeRae's back, and Indy Hartwell. Uh, they have a medical segment, and uh, Adam Pierce talks to the medical uh, staff, and he says that Raquel Rodriguez is not. Uh, we also see a backstage segment between Maxine Dupree, uh, confronted by Lou Kaiser. Otis steps in and challenges Kaiser to a match. And then we get the Becky uh, Lynch entering promo, yeah. interrupted by Zoe Stark. Sandra Baser comes bro, in. We, we just, before we get to that, I, I mean, bro, these backstage 
vignettes are atrocious. Oh, over and over and over. Every one of them, like every single one of them, they are atrocious, bro. This this is high school level stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. You can tell that it's time killers, man. You can tell that. I mean, there's it's over and over and over again. And the thing is, you have a so now they're starting to have inter- backstage interviews like eight of, eight of them a, a, a night. And then on even some of the backstage interviews, they're starting to stop the interview to attend to some other thing that's going on in the back. I'm like, when do we started doing that just to dismiss? And so I and this one here is just like we really had to waste time to have some type of earlier today segment with and why is Indy Hartwell and Candace LeRae out of out of anybody? Is that something that they're are they supposed to be friends? Like how do where does this come from? Like what why do why do we know like we're supposed to know that LaRue LaRay is her real name. Vince calls her LaRue. Candace LeRae and and Andy Hartwell, somehow we're supposed to know that they're friends with Raquel, but no, they're just there to support her without any type of explanation. So that's what we, that's what we get. A wasted time. We also get uh, Becky Lynch cutting an in-ring promo, interrupted by Zoe Stark. Shayna Baszler comes out with the huge tater and uh, confronts yeah. Stark. Uh, yeah. What, what you Did you see this EC3? I saw the big, uh, you know, the, you did, did you see this in ring? I did not see the uh, in ring. I, I picked it up at LA night. And, uh, okay. Bro, they, they are, bro, they are just all over acting. This is what I mean, going back to what Paulie said. They're not talking to each other, bro. They're playing wrestler. Like every single one of these women are playing wrestler, bro. Yeah. This this show is literally down to the simplest common denominator, bro. From the time it starts till the time it ends, it, it it's literally at the level of of a two or three, and never never advances beyond that, bro. It's not like they even have kids in the audience, anyway. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, <clears throat> yeah so yeah, this 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 uh, this segment was. Um... <laughs> Quite odd, and 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 Vince, why do you think they're still trying to make Shayna Baszler Baszler popular, like among the fans? And yeah, and talking not- about running, you know, running. Yeah. yeah, and bro, it's the same thing. Joey, bro, it, again, going back to Heyman, Chloe, uh, uh, Zoe Star comes out and says, "You know when you're you're scared of Zoe, you're jealous. It's like, this is exactly what the guy was talking about. And, uh, bro, it's, it's just God awful, bro. I love love people in the chat room. How much do you all think Dr. Chris Russo and EC3 get paid every week to hate watch raw? More than you'd think, to be honest. You tell me, you you tell me, tell me what what we just saw in that three hours we're supposed to put over. Tell me, bro. Literally, what 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 are we supposed to put over? You put over uh, L.A. Night in the Miz little segment. You know, mm-hmm. you put yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I enjoy I enjoyed L.A. Night. You have to put over business when it's good. But here's the problem with. 
fan, like if you expect bad, then you're gonna get bad. And then until you can hold a fire, if you're truly happy watching it, then good. Like I'm very happy that you find happiness in what you have witnessed and spent three hours of your life. Your limited, very limited time on this earth. Three of those hours were spent watching that and you enjoyed it. Good. I'm happy. I'm happy. You're happy. But at the same time, when you have a deep, unrelenting passion and love for an industry that can be beyond exceptional and can cross boundaries of the mainstream and be an art form, a storytelling of physicality and beauty and emotion. And it isn't, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta tell it like it is. You really do. And then if you can hold other wrestling companies accountable, I know the internet knows sometimes they watch some really bad stuff, but they can't bring themselves to saying it's bad because it just, doesn't justify the perceptions they want to have. I'm sorry, you're lying to yourself. Okay. And I get paid a lot. <laughs> really? Shocking. Shockingly good. Oh, thank you, Sports Kedia. No need to uh answer that question um because the person didn't super chat it. It's not about the money. Yes it is about the money. It's always it's always about the money. And my, I'm, a, I'm a business guy. It's okay. always about the money. It's Next. <laughs> no, it really is about, you know, having a conversation. That's what we lack in culture is the ability to have conversations, especially if we slightly disagree, because we might disagree on some things. But in the end, we want the same thing. So how do we get there? I don't know. Maybe our way isn't the best way. Perhaps you're right. Maybe we can just blindly clap and love. AC3 is getting like. Very intellectual on us. Yeah, I think it's the Napoleon that he's been reading, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. All right. Who was at the? Uh, you see who was sitting in the first row uh, at the press conference? Rick Rubin. No. No, I don't know. Ronaldo Piven. Wow, Chris. Ronaldo Piven. Oh, yeah. I remember when Jeremy Piven was on Raw back when? Called it what do you call it? Summerfest. <laughs> Bro, he was in the first row, the great Ronaldo Piven. Oh, I did yeah. a lot of things as Ronaldo Piven. A lot of great <laughs> things. But nothing has ever brought me the attention as like a moment with Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns in the in a WrestleMania scrum or, so, or CM Punk staring me down. So when you're you're in that moment and you got somebody you know you're that's super talented or whatever, and you can make a moment like that. Now you were there. Did he make a moment? Not at the not at the press conference, but I actually got a chance to. Uh, so a lot of the press people hung out. I mean, we just talked, you know, amongst uh, in, in groups throughout the talk. We were with each other all the time throughout the weekend. I mean, and uh, I got a chance to talk to a bunch of the meet. I'll say this: every single person treated me with the utmost respect, including Nick Housman. So I, I appreciate that. But you know, to be fair, I was literally. Bigger and more muscular than all of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so uh, you know, you know, they weren't going to say anything. It is kind of strange how people that probably talk bad about you tend to cower in fear when they see you in person. Not, it's almost, it's almost all the time for me, really. I'll say this: I don't know who I have heat with. I'm, I'm too old to have pro wrestling heat with anybody. I mean, I'm too old to have heat with anybody. I don't, I don't, I don't unless I mean. I'm, Unless you're like a troll who comments on the, I don't, I have, I care, I care nothing about that, but uh, they're nothing to me. 
But other than that, just personal people who I know outside of the gimmick of wrestling, I have no heat with anybody. I don't know if I have heat with any of these wrestling personalities, but this past weekend definitely doesn't seem like I have any heat with anybody. Because they all were super respectful to me, man. Just like the business, just like we, the boys, have our secret text groups. Shout out to the watch. Uh, I bet there's like a secret text group of a bunch of reporters. Like, oh, no, I imagine. I imagine. Again, looking at wearing that tight shirt, thinking he's all muscular. Oh, my gosh. I'd give him the collar nail. Well, coming out of this doctorate in psychology. <laughs> Yes, indeed. The community college. I didn't even. They're like, oh my gosh, I can't stand the. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Good to see you. You know, I mean, that's, up, that's <laughs> right. Exactly. That's how it goes, man. And they, how's, that's, how's your wife? Yeah, yeah, she's doing all right. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, they all were. I mean, very, very respectful. I the the journalists of all journalists were super nice and super respectful. I met Dave LaGreca. He was oh, David, I like Dave's a cool dude. Very nice guy. Yeah, he was yeah. a very nice guy. Uh Mets uh uh all of your uh favorite journalists um that you know have well, all your favorite pro wrestling personalities who are the dirt sheet writers, you know. I, I met I met all of them and, and, and talked I'll, to them. One thing I do will nice always thing. give credit to, you know, people who can make a living without actually having to do this. That's fine. Like, good for you guys. Yeah, and I absolutely make a with this. So <laughs> I make a lot of money uh, because I grind hard. And, uh, you know, this was just – and, uh, you know, people were just like – and, you know, sh- shout out to uh, – I don't think this is a competitor of ours. Bleach Report. I used to write for Bleach Report for over three years. Graham Matthews. Nice. Very nice guy, man. Yeah. I used to, I used to uh, write with him uh, on Bleach Report about 10 years ago, actually. And uh, we met for the first time and we talked for a while. And, um, you know, a lot of people, when uh, I, I told them my day job, they're like, oh, wow, really? Because everybody's caught in the, you know, the pro wrestling personality bubble. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, my day job's, I'm, I'm a doctor by day. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is just something that I enjoy doing, you know, and I got to go to SummerSlam and cover media. It was fun. It was fun, though. I enjoyed it. So uh, you have something to say, East? Yeah, I was wondering because uh, WWE doesn't always do these scrums, right? But AEW does them pretty frequently, right? Oh yeah, they do them all the time. And then yeah. like, the AEW ones are always kind of like leading to the next angle, or it's just you know. Yeah, it's kayfabe. Yeah, um, WWE are starting to do them more though. Uh, it's interesting. I think they start to. It seems like they started to implement them a little bit more um, throughout. You know, throughout the day. I mean, throughout throughout the years, like right after Khan started to do it. That's um, yeah, a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think it's cool. I, you know, I do think it's definitely something I wouldn't attend all the time. It was cool for the experience, but um, I definitely don't see myself doing it all the time because you still have to stay within the bubble of asking questions. Bro, it's ridiculous. It's 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 the most ridiculous thing. It's a fake sport, bro. And th- th- something that w- w- he, he, Triple H wants to talk about attendance and he wants to talk about Oh bro, we want to talk about all those shoot things. Yeah. But now, bro, when we get to the show, it's got to be all it's got to be all kayfabe, and we gotta congratulate everybody on their victories. 
come on, bro. It's freaking ridiculous. I totally get Tony Khan doing it because Tony Khan's a mark and Tony Khan wants to be loved by the marks. I understand that. Seeing Triple H sit up there and Heyman sit up there, it's a freaking bro. You've got you've got Ronaldo Piven sitting in the first row for crying out loud. Are you serious, bro? Yeah, I mean that's that's what they get paid to do, though. You know what I mean? Like that's what who stuff. gets paid to do? Dick uh, Housman. I'm not yeah, talking about those idiots. I'm talking about, about the, the idiots. Though? I'm talking about the WWE for putting this on. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, the WWE. That's just a part of that. Like they're going to gloat about their numbers, though. Like who wouldn't want to gloat about their numbers if it's a record num- record breaking number, though? Yeah, you, so, got a, you got a television show to gloat about your numbers. The next, well, night. They're, they're not going to do that. I mean, like, well. If you think about it from the press conference standpoint, if we're if we're getting record breaker record breaking numbers, I'm sure as a company they feel like they're really happy about that, and they're gonna they're gonna gloat about. It. Is there any? I don't want legitimate press there. Like is NBC Sports there? Um, there was local people. There was local people from Detroit. There was like local Detroit press. I I mean, I saw that. ESPN was there too. Um, And Detroit News was there. There was a couple of like, um, like shoot, you know, uh, sites. Um, Yeah. Uh, There was, because they would, there's like entertainment, um, departments in like like shoot sites you know like really good media sites like as far as non-wrestling and they would they, they were there too to bring in like bleach report you know bleach reports a, a sports site you know what i mean and bleach report was there so yep let's go uh to the uh backstage damian priest confronting finn balor with jd mcdonough um vince why do you think they're just throwing in mcdonough at this point like, i don't know bro i swear i i i didn't even know who he was because i only saw him like on this show one other time but i guess they're throwing him in obviously bro because now he's going to be in a feud with Sami Zayn for whatever reason because kevin owens is hurt so yeah. it's just going to be another feud with no meat to it that we're not going to care about and that that's why they did it sure sure he's yeah, I was I was a shock. Damian Priest wears a, a singlet top now. Is your NWA shirt like the Atari logo? Yeah, with the turnbuckle. Oh, that's, that's, cool. that's pretty dope. I like that. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, let's let's move on. Um, we have Baszler beating Stark. Anything on this one? I just want to talk about, bro, the the, the formatting of this show. They've got Baszler and Stark in the ring, and they're doing video packages, and they're doing that. EC3, you know, bro, like a rule of thumb for a writer is do not leave the talent out there with their hand on their you-know-what. Bro, they had those girls waiting in the ring through a commercial uh, break, through packages, through vignettes in the back. Bro, they had to be waiting in their in the ring, bro. I'd say at least seven minutes before yeah. their match started. It feels it's just so awkward because you make your entrance and then you're just standing there. When I did when I came into Raw, when I was working with Ambrose, like we had one of those segments where we make our entrances and it's commercial, then it's package and package. 
I'm like just standing in the ring, and then I look, and Ambrose is gone. Yeah. I'm like, where'd he go? And he was just on the floor doing burpees. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> that's a good use of your time. That that that's that makes sense. And that's what would an athlete do though? Stand in the ring with their you know what in their hands, or would they be like, well, I got 15 more minutes to warm up. I better keep mobile. Was that uh? Did he have like bursitis or something like that uh, on his on his elbow? Did you see Sami Zayn's? That was huge. Like his elbow was like seemed like he had some type of bursitis on there or something like that. No, he popped that. Uh, how so? Usually we would do it in hotels on the road because he'd have the big thick Bible in there. Uh-huh. You take a book, and then you get your butt. You know, you take a shot of your Jack Daniels, and then your buddy just takes the book and just whacks it. Ah, to- bro, have you ever had that done to you, bro? Yeah. How painful is that? sucks oh my god man that's awful man that is awful not medical advice by the way do you put it do you do you put the elbow pad on it the next day to uh cover it up with the ring tape it up yeah actually the tape with the constriction and then you take that first bump and then you kind of feel it all go away and then it's like a burst of life in your arm you're like oh what 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 exactly is that bro what happens a burst of sack so it's I was a capillaries. I am no scientist of medicine, but it's just a bunch of blood, like and inflammation, kind of popping up in the joints. Yeah, and it has like a big old, like not like a yeah, like a softball type of knot. Dusty had one permanent. Mm-hmm. He had that wonky elbow, man. Yeah, how'd you yeah. get that, Dusty? Dropping elbows for yeah. Years, dude. Made it more bionic, baby. Made it more bionic. <laughs> uh, just like Luger was, uh, uh, you know, did the forearm gimmick of the motorcycle accident. Met him on Saturday. Very nice guy, by the way. So, yeah, Ooh, who's that? Lex Luger. Oh yeah, Lex is a good guy. Yeah, man. yeah very very nice guy. Met Sting too. Uh, for the first I beat him. Yeah, you beat. Yes, you beat Sting. You beat Sting. Vince Russo beat Ric Flair. You know, hey man. You know that, that's. That's all you need to have as far as the wrestler is concerned. Sure. It's a good team. Yes, indeed. Uh, next, we have uh, Shinsuke Nakamura uh, cuts an interview, gets interrupted by J.D. McDonough attacking Sami Zayn. We get Kaiser defeating Otis. Um, Kaiser's picking up a little bit more wins, Vince. Why, why do you think this is the case? Yeah, I, I don't know, bro. This was kabuki-ish to me, though, because you've got – it, it it took a while for Gable to come out and help Otis. Yeah, yeah. Which like was kind of, I don't know if he was not at the gorilla position or I don't know what happened, but they were beating up Otis pretty good before Gable came out and made the save. Mm. Um, <clears throat> next we have the Miss. Okay, the Miss and LA Knights. Uh, promo you like you like this Vince I did I liked it I liked it very much I liked LA Knight very much in this uh there there was some shooting back and forth uh and that always makes it good every time there's you could add a little bit of reality uh it makes it a little bit more real but yeah man getting to really watch LA Knight cut a promo for the first time I thought he bro I, I I do get the feeling he is flavor of the month because bro you know you know what's really weird his music hit, and there was this gigantic pop, 
And by the time he's out, yeah, bro. By the time he stepped <laughs> into the too. ring, the crowd was. Yeah, I noticed that too. It wasn't like that when Austin and went in the ring, bro. Like, did you notice that, Chris? I know. I absolutely yeah. noticed that. I was like, as soon as they hear the music, it was like, ah. and then as soon as he started walking out, it like fizzled out really quick. And then it went back up a little bit when they did the L.A. night. When he yeah, went they're, they're waiting to be cued yeah. to do this stuff. So, like I yeah. said, they're programmed. So, Let's, yeah, absolutely. Wrestlers should always be careful about am I over or is my music over or is my catchphrase over? Because the crowd is very interactive with the ass. And, like, that's fun to say. Dude, we've been when, – when he started bringing that to TNA, we would – always say it backstage and it was like impulsive too not even doing it on purpose but as a wrestler be careful like am i getting over or is what i'm the stuff i bring getting over and that's going to take time too and then creatively it's about making sure people start to care about the guy saying the yeah as opposed to well they're just saying yeah so it's over it's not really there's always a difference and that's like a subconscious thing that takes time and it's careful to develop so bro the thing the thing that's a little off for me with him bro and and it's nothing against him at all it's his age Hmm. you know what i'm saying bro he's he he's up there in age like bro when 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 the rock was doing this he was a young cool dude i just one of my pet peeves bro are older people trying to act cool and I'm not saying that about the guy, but he is he is older. And to me, I don't know if that makes it a little less genuine. I, I don't know. I mean, Disco, bro, Disco went up and down the road with L.A. Knight like years ago. And he said, this guy's been this way forever. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure when he was in his prime, you know what I'm saying? But I, I don't know. Something's just a little off for me. Uh, EC3, uh, personality-wise, how was he backstage? He's one of these guys that initially kind of gets a little, uh, because he's himself, and he's exactly like he is on television, where I loved him right off the bat, because I love people that are just like, say what they think and do what they say. But I think it's very easy, especially in something so beta like pro wrestling sometimes, for guys to be like, turned off by a dominant personality, whether it's backstage or in the front. Plus he's, you know, talented. He looks great. He has confidence, which is huge. And then sometimes having confidence in wrestling means people are not going to like you. Who does he think he is walking in here? Like he owns the place. Well, he's a guy that wants to be a star and he's acting like a star and he dresses like a star. He's talking like a star. He looks like a star. So maybe he's a star. But then instead of people looking within themselves and be like, what can I do to be a star? It's more, it's easier for people backstage to kind of peg him as a threat and not like him initially. But he was always cool. He came in. And when he came in, you know, we were young guys on the top. So, like, he came in right into our little, you know, cool dude club and fit in like a glove. So, Hmm. I'd say he's probably easily disliked if people can't handle a guy that's confident with personality. Now, what would he do backstage that would turn people away from him? Well, you, you see the way he walks and he talks. That's what he does. So, that's a shoot. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he, great posture. Mm-hmm. Like I'm saying, 
confidence. It's not like he's screaming backstage and like everybody look at me for attention, but he commands a presence. And yeah, you know, this, was it was it like cockiness? Like people were perceiving people cockiness, but I just saw a guy that was confident. Yeah, uh, you know, and the thing about life is, majority of people walk into the room. They're looking at who's there, and there's a very select amount of people. When they walk into the room, they're the ones saying, "Hey, I'm here." You know, so he's one of those guys. Gotcha. Well, I mean that. Worked for TNA. He became world champion at TNA. Yeah. He was uh, like I was kind of on the babyface run, and I was programmed with him on the come up. We started working a little angle, and I was like competitively motivated because I'm like, oh no, like somebody that can verbally come very strong, which was an asset I had and was able to utilize over other people because i'm awesome but then you know we had this like talk show segment and if you ever watch it, it like i was on his little talk show and like he just brought it to me and it, like, that's when he had the button when you say dummy yeah dummy button <laughs> and, like, then i remember like in it like having to turn up again where it's been a while since i turned it up because i was able to be complacent get by doing what was already over where I had to bring myself to a level. Then he brought it up. Then I brought it back up. And I was like, man, that was, it was good business. Cause we're two guys working together, but we're two guys proud of each other and, you know, competitive at the same time. Sure. And like, that's what, why did the rock and stone cold work so well as a feud? Like they were probably friendly and they respect the hell out of each other, but they both wanted to be the best and they both outworked each other to make their work excel. Sure. Hey, EC3, did he? Because I didn't watch. Um, you know, I I didn't watch him over at uh, TNA. Did he have pretty much the same persona? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was Eli Drake. Yeah. Um, basically, carbon copy of what we see now. But it works. Yeah. But then for him, I think what's gonna you know to get to the next level and stay there and ingrain himself in the top of the card. Like he's gonna have to find a little depth to go with what's working. Like, so somebody has to bring something out of him. I think. I think it's something MJF didn't really have a good shot of doing because he got over so fast. I didn't see anybody bring him to another level. He just kind of like this worked, and I got over, and I'm popular, and I'm the champion. Whereas, like, who brought him to another level? You know. And I think along the along those lines, AC Dirty, do you think is do you think that this? I mean, uh, you know. Basically, of of what Vince is saying regarding the flavor of the month, there's just an intangible that he just doesn't see. Do you think that the flavor of the month critique is valid to some because of the one dimensional the the the, the one dimensional nature of his character? I like, think he doesn't have many layers, right? I think if you know him as a person, Sean, he has a ton of layers that I think he has to bring that out as LA Knight. Okay. So the flavor of the month as a critique could be something I, nobody's going to do it for him. So he's going to have to find it to himself to do it. Where sometimes maybe he's getting material that's the standard stuff they've been writing for him and he makes his own and makes it good. But he might have to take, and that's up to him, risking opening himself up personally, I think, to bring it to another level so it's not a flavor of the month and it's something people truly invest in. 
Sure. It's easier said than done. Like that was something him, I, we were able to do an impact because the stakes of creative control were not nearly as high Yeah, over there. That could be hired or fired kind of thing. And it's the one regret I had is being there was playing good soldier. Like we were talking about earlier, where we're like, all this money's coming in. Like, I'll just, yes, sir. No, sir. Mm-hmm. Where I was getting fired anyways. My biggest regret was not just going all in and doing it my way and making them fire me. Cause yeah. in theory, if I did that probably never would have happened. And mm-hmm. I think, or it would have happened a lot sooner. I don't know. <laughs> um, I pitched, uh, L.A. Knights starting a feud with uh, Logan Paul in the press box on Saturday. Vince, would you be in for that? Uh, see, bro, I've not seen him wrestle. Can he wrestle that style? I guess that's He's what got good rope work. I mean, I, I, yeah. don't, I don't really care about wrestling. I mean, that doesn't really bother me. Well, but, you know, they're still going to have to have a match, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's decent. He's decent enough to he's carry a match. Solid hand, who. You know, has some physical assets and some some tricks up his sleeves, but he's not like crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a decent worker. He, yeah. he yeah. doesn't need to be, and he shouldn't be. And then I agree, I agree with. He doesn't need to be. Yeah. In hindsight, too, if he's going to be working with Logan Paul, maybe him working his style as a veteran would behoove him to like give Paul a different kind of look too. For sure, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I I think that LA Knight and Logan Paul's money. Uh, I think as far as just the promos, I mean, to me, wrestling, okay, whatever. I mean, Hogan or Andre couldn't wrestle. You know, neither of them could. And so, in a, but they were so box office because of their character being so strong. Logan Paul and L.A. Knight have very strong characters. Logan Paul is actually really good in the ring and still yeah. can run circles around three-fourths of the, of the backstage. I, 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 guess the pro- I guess the problem I'm having, Chris, is if you really want to get him over, Okay, you know, bro, Logan Paul is going to protect his brand. I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? And I don't know. I, you, you, you can't really get him over at the expense of Logan Paul. In other words, when you had Logan Paul in there with Roman Reigns, okay, Logan Paul ain't supposed to beat Roman Reigns. You know what I'm saying? But when you got him in there with an L.A. Knight, I, I just don't know if Logan Paul is going to do that and put LA Knight over and hurt his brand. I think he would. I, I think yeah. he would. I, I don't think that it would hurt his brand because LA Knight looks like a legitimate, like, muscle guy, athlete that could beat Logan Paul. To me, you know, God bless Ricochet, but he doesn't look like someone who would beat up or, or beat Logan Paul. You know, I mean, I think that that was a step down from his brand. And plus, you know, Ricochet amazing in the ring mic work not so much so he couldn't go toe-to-toe with him on the mic i think that la knight has the ability as as a shoot look to compete against him mean, he's bigger you know than, than logan paul he's, he's he's more muscular than LA, than logan paul is and he's good in the mic so they can go back and forth in the mic and that can be really the crux of the feud by them having not having to be so physical and have matches on top of matches they could just shoot against each other, you know, on each other. Mike, when Logan Paul was shooting on Ricochet, like it was, it was embarrassing because Ricochet didn't have anything back. Yeah. He couldn't shoot back. Miles, I'm like, yeah, it was okay. just, it was like, uh, like okay, you know what I mean? 
just a blood sacrifice. Yeah, exactly. YouTube influencers. Right. The problem for like LA Knight would find himself in, in that situation is there's a perception that's not correct where, oh, just by being in the ring with this celebrity puts you on the level. That's not true. Like if you wanted, if they wanted to build him for the long term, he would have to win. Yeah, but WWE has this has this mentality though that the people who are outside of the business who doesn't need the business are the ones who are respected the most. Yeah. Because because if you think about people who came back, like a Drew McIntyre, like a Jinder Mahal for a second, like when he came back, he became world champion not too far after his comeback. Drew McIntyre built his brand outside of wwe he, he did this whole three and b gimmick then he can't then he left grew a whole bunch of muscle mass looked like the legit machine started to you know had an amazing run in, in tna did some really good stuff in europe created his own brand and then that was the thing that got him back to wwe and well respected respected to a world champion level it seems like the people who are away from, you know, the brand, away from the the company comes back, or even the YouTube influencers, they're the ones who get the more respect because they don't have to say yes or no, sir. And so they're the ones who get respected the most. Yeah. So they're like, hey, we want you to do this. Can you read that? And no, it's exactly. horrible. I would exactly. be, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. McAfee was the same way. You know what I mean? Like he's like, I don't, I don't need this. You know what I mean? Okay, sure. What, what do you want? To, whatever you want to do, you want to wear shorts, you want to hang out, you want to go on top of the, the table and dance. Oh, cool, do it, do, do it. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Speaking of gender, what happened to that crew? <laughs> are they gone? Are they disappeared, just like every other flash <laughs> pan. Come on, okay. are they on SmackDown? No, they're on. Yes, they are. They're on television. I'm so, like there. Uh, Right. They're not. I, to, I told you, Vince. I told you in this year was going. I said, there's I said, I don't buy it. It doesn't connect. And I don't see it having a long tenure. And I, I and this that's what happened. We haven't who seen they, it this year. And who are, are they supposed to be booed? Because they're like, it, it's just. There's uh, people just have personalities and some. They don't. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Another issue with L.A. Knight and Logan Paul, though, is that they portray Paul as a heel, but he's cool as hell and awesome, and everyone loves him, and he does cool things. Mm-hmm. And WWE cannot write for baby faces. So the second, like, they try to get their hands, and, like, L.A. Knight's smart enough to probably know that they're going to be handing him dog shite, but giving him, like, okay, then you're going to one-up him by, you know, calling him poopy pants. And it's going to be horrible if they try to position those two because then Logan's just going to eat them alive. The worst thing you can be is a white meat babyface in 2023 against a guy who's got a you know huge cult following and is Gen Z'd out of his mind. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, I don't think that they'll alter LA Knight in that way. I think that he'll still be that rebel type of edgy babyface like Austin was. He just has to act like a heel or at like himself. Yeah, I wouldn't say if it's even a heel. I, I just think that he's an edgy, you know, babyface. All babyface isn't a isn't monolithic. You know what I mean? So you, you can have a, a 
for every steamboat, there's a there's an Austin. You know, what I mean, I think that's that's the spectrum of, of baby faces. It's just that you're still there's different ways to defeat evil. And that's what that, that's how it is with baby faces. When you think of comic book characters, you don't have every white meat baby face. Yeah, you, know yeah. what I mean? you you have edgier characters like uh, uh, for every Batman who's, uh, you know, or, or Superman is the good old boy. You have Iron Man who's cocky. You know what I mean? So it, it's it's throughout the spectrum within comic books. You don't have a a universal monolithic baby face. The same thing should apply with pro wrestling. So LA Knight Deadpool. There you go. Deadpool. Yeah, he's 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 Deadpool. Uh, next we have uh, yeah, heroes. I'm becoming the hero the internet apparently needs right now because I'm wrestling Tyrus for his career. Car, yes, indeed. I am. Who knew they'd have to turn to me? I knew the whole time. You knew. You knew all along. Uh, New Day versus Viking Raiders. Their uh, New Day returns. Thoughts? I didn't know they were gone, but they were gone for about five months. Yeah. <laughs> so the Viking Raiders get the whole vignette, and are they supposed to be booed or cheered? It's like Vikings are Raiders. Cool. Yeah, but they're just they're bad people they're because cool. they're from the Nordic. I don't I'm like. What is the point? Because <laughs> the guy's wife's with them, and she's got her. What makes them villains? They're just Vikings, and that's Vikings. But like, what? hey, that's a good that's a good uh, slogan. What makes us villains? We're just Vikings. We're just Vikings. <laughs> Vince, do you got anything on this segment here? Nah, bro. I'm just, I'm so over New Day. <laughs> like, I'm just, bro. I'm just so over. Like, come on, come on, man. Well, you know, I like New Day, man. I like New Day. I just don't see anything with them. Like they're a Hall of Famers. They're Hall of Famers together and not apart. Like when when Kofi was gone, like <laughs> man, Xavier Woods was just a lost puppy, man. It just and you saw it. It was just not good. So. Here's what I gathered from that. So. Viking Raiders make an open challenge. They get this cool vignette, and like, am I supposed to like them? Or hey, they're Vikings. They're not villains. Whatever. They come out. They're already in the ring. Like you said, the New Day just came back, and I kind of gathered that from the commentary that they've been gone a while. Yeah. But it's also like, man, if I haven't seen one of my favorite units in six months, it seemed like the fans are like, "It's a New Day." Yes, it is. And like, oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh my, yeah. Finally, like you know, there was just kind of like, oh, I like these guys. They're cool. Yeah, they're kind of in a really tough spot because, again, it goes back. I think everybody notices that the new day is much better together than they are apart. And so, but if you turn them heel, that's not going to do anything. Turns mean much, not. Really Look, Chris, sometimes people just run their course. Yeah, but but what, what would be next for the New Day, Vince? If Nothing. They, they've run their course. Where, where, where they go? I'm they, they leave. They go. Don't renew their contract. They've run their course. What are you going to do with them that you haven't already done? I think that – I mean, I wouldn't just let them go because they still, they still are really good on merch and they still bring them a lot of money. So I mean that that matters, you know. Yeah, with the you gotta, yeah, then just evolve the things or do something different. I don't know. Like you're right. Oh, some, it's some, easy to just eat the same. Man, apparently ninety percent of the meals you eat are the same five to ten meals your whole life. So the yeah. the health advice of that is make them good meals. But I the same think you know 
the same stuff. It's all cool. Spin kick, flip dive. Oh, cool. Yeah, I like, think it's the storytelling, man. I think I mean Steamboat was the same person for 20 years. Yeah. You know I mean, like, and the thing, but he was, but he honed yeah. who he was, and the storylines were really good. He was so good because heels were so good. And I think when you have that problem with there not being good characters and baby faces and heels, it makes everybody just looks like, okay, who's the best, either who's the best wrestler or who's the hottest flash in the pan right now. And so that's, that's basically what we see in wrestling. right. So maybe if the Viking Raiders have been slaughtering innocents and destroying every town they go into for five months and they're just on the war path. They're making headways into the land. They're taking over. Somebody's got to save us from these Vikings because they're really actually villains. Oh my God, the New Day! Yay! That yeah. Going. yeah, that's something. And they, they just win. This is oh, we won. Okay. Yeah, and, and and to your point, I agree with that. They they should prolong it with your with what you're saying. They should prolong it. They shouldn't just come in for a win. They couldn't beat. Viking Raiders for weeks, and all of a sudden, just because they were gone and come back, they all—that's oh, the boost that we need to to defeat the Viking Raiders. Nah, that didn't make sense to me. They, man, was the Viking Raiders to get rid of the New Day, and they like you know she like cut Kofi's hair off, and they put in Sarah's hair, and she's got like Kofi's dreads, and she there she's doing like evil spells with his hair and stuff like that for months. Now, now we're talking about. There you some- go. <laughs> what if we take New Day and we feed them to the Loch Ness monster? How about that? And we they're over and done with. We never see them. You're, again. you're talking about the WCW character Loch Ness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the, you weren't there mid. That was mid nineties. That was around uh, the Dungeon and Doom days. Bro, do you know that that's a breaking story? I was reading that today. That uh, there are people that they're they're going to. Uh, sink in a ton of the newest technology and millions and millions of dollars, and they're going to find Loch Ness. I was just reading that today, bro. So wouldn't he be like dead? Like, and it hasn't this, hasn't this folklore been going on for like fifty years now? Yeah, maybe he had a son. A lot longer than Beowulf's monster. Yes, <laughs> like if if we if someone discovered the Loch Ness monster, this guy is ageless, or this thing is ageless and timeless ladies he's about 83 years old who's been around who's monster. been around longer loch ness monster or a new day Oof. Close. That's a tough that, that's a tough edge to loch ness i mean just very barely though very barely uh we have uh back, backstage interview becky lynch interrupted by shedda baser so they're trying to make her popular but here's the heel thing from baser now she's She's kind of heel again. Like I just, I didn't, I didn't believe, I didn't believe a word of that segment. Me either. Man. I was like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Hey, did you, um, Chris? Did you? Uh, I, I caught the last three matches of SummerSlam. That three-way, bro. The women's three-way. Yes. What about it? What you think it was, it was bro? It was. I, I was he believed it was uh, extremely choreographed. <laughs> extremely. Choreographed. I uh, I was talking, I was talking with the with the press. It was Bill After and a guy from uh, another outlet uh, next to me, Mike, and uh, I was just expressing like the show was just so mad at me. It was just like, like it was nothing that the only thing that the only thing that I popped for the whole show 
was Logan Paul beating Ricochet because I can tell you I told you so on, on, on that's <laughs> the only time I popped. Like, like shoot, like you can ask Bill, he was right next to me. That's the only time that I popped. And he was like, you know, Bill's Bill. He's like, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, be professional. I got up. I was like, yeah, right. He's like, what are you doing? Like, Bill, I was, I was like straightening him out. He, Bill is awesome. He he has 80,000 stories to tell you, man. He's 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 an entertainer. Yeah. Every, like every single, every single per- place we went to to eat, he did this Jerry Lewis gig. He did, you know, he did everything, right? And so, like, you know, I'm I'm popping for for Logan Paul. Bill Afters like, what are you doing, man? And then, uh, and then I was like, Bill, if Mike Tyson can cheer at WrestleMania, I can cheer here. If if Mike Tyson can cheer at the press box at WrestleMania, I could cheer at SummerSlam. He's like, eh, you got a point there. There you go. And then, and then, <laughs> I I eventually uh, I got uh, Bill After to uh, succumb to uh, my hype. And uh, we got pretty excited, and I had him start dancing during the Usos. Look at Bill Abbott. Turn, turn the head back and everything. He's uh, he, he's Timeless. really rocking roll. Timeless. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so it was yeah. fun. Uh, <clears throat> we have the uh, main events of Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, Shinsuke Nakamura uh, defeating Judgment Day. Nakamura hits Seth with the Kinshasa when they celebrate at the very end. Uh, Vince Russo. Yes, was this did, was this foreshadowed? Did you see this from a mile away, or was this a surprise? What the Shinsuke turn? <laughs> okay, bro, I missed that. <laughs> I missed that. So, so who did he turn on at the end? He uh, he he gave uh, knee to Seth Rollins. He, oh. he he did the Kinshasa. They were all celebrating for a while. Bro, you know, you know what? Like, what, 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 bro? What does it mean? He turns on Seth Rollins. So, what does that mean? It means that Seth Rollins has an opponent now, and Seth Rollins is going to go over, not knock yeah. him. That that's Persons. what it means. Like, what is the point in doing it if we know where everything's going? Precisely. That's it. That's exactly. So 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 now Seth has a match for next week. Yeah, that's the reason why it did absolutely nothing to me, because I'm like, okay, so the only thing that this is is Seth is Shinsuke Nakamura being fodder to Seth Rollins finding a greater opponent, you know, down the line, and that's what we got. I mean, like, and so, and and I thought in my head, I'm like, okay, so. So Cody Rhodes wants to become world champion, right? Seth Rollins basically gave him an opportunity to get back into the world title picture. Shinsuke comes in and knees Seth Rollins. So now he's in the title picture. Logically, Cody Rhodes should have an issue with that. But I bet you WWE is going to be like, let's somehow make Cody totally be okay with the fact that someone stepped in his way to become world champion. I think that's the logic that we're going to be presented in a couple yeah. in the coming weeks. So yeah, you could do a triple threat, but I, I just don't see that happening. It could be, but you know, you're the next, the next event they have is in India. Um, so, I mean, there you go. Vince. They, they got a big event in India. You might have in this year. Come back. Man. There you go. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna main event against the bloodline. Endless Shear versus the Bloodline, ladies and gentlemen. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, time to plug the socials. EC3, yeah, what do you want to talk about? I am exoprowrestling.com. Exodus Pro Wrestling 812 in Cleveland, Ohio, Temple Live at the Real EC3 at Control Your Narrative at Exopro Wrestling on social media. So, Vince. What do you want to talk about? Russo'sbrand.com. That's all you need to know. Go there. You'll find everything you need. Indeed. Follow me at Chris Prolific. Ladies and gentlemen, EC3, Vince Russo. I'm Dr. Chris. This is Elisa Raw. Have a good night, everybody. Solo. Oh,